Welcome to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World. Two film buff friends decide to spend their remaining days creating and watching the ultimate movie bucket list. A podcast filled with film discussions, movie reviews, and a healthy dose of juicy celebrity gossip. Cinephiles unite. We're going to need each other. Nadim looked pensively at me to the puget back. Try it again. Nadim looked pensively at me to begin the podcast with a memorable opening line. There you go. Okay. And you did. Unbeknownst to yourself, it ended up being very memorable. I will say that that's the first you time you flubbed that it. In? Yeah, I'm totally keeping it. To be fair to me, guys, I just swallowed some water and it went down the wrong pipe. <laughs> I will say, though, that's the first time you flubbed it. Yeah. So that's that's good. How about you that? Sh- how about that? Catch me outside. <laughs> Where is she these days? I don't care. <laughs> I don't care either. I truly don't. Somehow she once appeared on my Instagram feed and oh. it was a train wreck. Like I couldn't look away from it. Yeah, that's what Dr. Phil is. No, I mean like eventually like when she got out and she's famous now. She's like a rapper. What? Bahad baby. <laughs> Ew, this is gross. It's really no, I don't it's like really tacky. <laughs> it's really tacky. Oh, that's tragic. Yeah. How's it going, Mita? I am here. I am living. I am breathing. Good. Both excellent things. Okay, so I wanted to ask you something. Yes, Have please. you heard about the recent Brad Pitt drama? The 2016 flight in which yes. there was Some a, altercation. a fight? <laughs> yes. I've heard of it, but I have not looked into it. Please inform me. Okay, I've only recently looked into it because... A friend messaged me to be like, have you read about the Brad Pitt thing? And then she promptly asked, no, let me tell you first. So Brad Pitt, apparently on this flight in 2016, they were in a private flight, Brad, Angelina, and some of the kids. I don't think all of the kids were there, but some kids. And I will say, I read one article. So this is not like a deep, I haven't done like some deep research into this or know anything. But Uh apparently they got into a real altercation, like a real big fight. Like a physical. Yes. So the article I read, which might have been Entertainment Weekly, alleged that on the flight, it got really, really heated. And at one point, he led her to the back, like very, very forcefully, Uh and then shook her and said, you're ruining our family. And then at one point... The kids were, like, knocking on the door or something and were like, Mommy, are you okay? And then he came out really aggressively and said, No, Mommy is ruining the family. So apparently this is what happened. Okay. And this prompted my friend to ask, Do you think if Brad Pitt had done what Will Smith had done at the Oscars, would the repercussions have been the same? In defense of Angelina Jolie? Just not even in defense. Like, this is kind of like Angelina aside. More in terms of, her question is really like, was Will Smith mistreated because he's black? And would someone like Brad Pitt have gotten away with it more? I think, so here, I think your friend's onto something. Because I think with Brad Pitt, it would immediately be spun into, there's some sort of like substance abuse issue. There's something going on behind the scenes that we don't know about. And that's why he's acting out in this way. Whereas, like, nobody made that assumption about Will Smith. One, because he was at a public event. Yeah. And, like, it was clear he wasn't drunk up until that point or anything. Or he wasn't on anything. To be clear, the comparison was if Brad Pitt had done the same thing at the Oscars. 
Because right now, that is what's being said, that Brad Pitt, that like he was inebriated or high or something when that altercation happened. Yeah. But if Brad Pitt had... and. If Brad Pitt had done something publicly that we had seen, because that's the big but thing that's what about I'm saying. this. I think people would automatically, if it was Brad Pitt, they would mm-hmm. th- say something like, oh, there must be something wrong. Like, why would he be doing that? Your friend, it, your friend is correct. The world is racist. Like, the world is racist. No, I'm not, yeah. I'm not denying that. However, here's my hot take. Okay. I think Will Smith is one of very, very few black celebrities who transcends race in that way. He's like the new OJ. Yes, without having killed his wife. Yes. I think that what Will Smith received is actually less than someone like, say, Kevin Hart would have received. Mm, Yeah, well, Kevin Hart got banned from just having tweets. Yeah, exactly. Will Smith actually, I think, and she pointed out, this was the conversation, she said, do you think Brad Pitt would have gotten as long a banning from the Oscars? And I was just like, first of all, I don't think Will Smith was banned long enough in my opinion and i think the fact that they were able to take so long they didn't pull him out like all those things i think will smith benefited from by being a privileged black celebrity mm-hmm. rather than a black celebrity who doesn't have that kind of for lack of a better term white approval i see that too yeah and i feel i see will smith is also he has enough privilege that like now he's turning things around and people are back on his side and he's like yeah making up for lost time i guess is a terrible way to put it but (laughs) that's what he's doing now that's a really interesting point though because now i'm trying to think like if someone who didn't have the star i'm trying to think of somebody who doesn't have will smith star power yeah who is black had done it and i also think instantly to my mind the other person that came was denzel washington but i think he could get away with it too yeah he would yeah and then we started to get into like a different conversation about like Brad Pitt has gotten away with a lot, essentially, mm-hmm. and how the fact that he's an extremely attractive white man is probably a large part to play in that. Like, I don't think many other people could get away with what Brad Pitt has. The fact that he cheated on Jennifer Aniston, all of like all of his like history, which is a little bit more gray than black and white, in all fairness, but I don't think... Other people, if they hadn't been A, as good looking or, no, I'd say A, as good looking. Because I think even some white celebrities are mistreated because they're not as attractive. I think comparably, though, you could say somebody like Arnie Hammer is just as good looking as Brad Pitt and he's not going to get that same treatment. I think Brad Pitt just has this star power and like charisma that he's Mm -hmm. been able to cultivate for like, he's been around since the 80s, right? Like it's been almost 40 years of loving Brad Pitt. And it's the same thing with Johnny Depp. It's you, people have this like connection with them, the roles that they played Mm -hmm. and sort of their like Hollywood persona that they really can get away with anything. Yeah. Do you think Johnny Depp got away with it? Yeah. You do? I think he did some really shitty things as a human being. Yeah. Yeah. And it's evident, too. And I think people just chose to focus on the shitty things that Amber Heard did. But I don't think it's a one-way thing. I think No, I think they both were shitty to each other. Yeah. Both of them are shitty. And I do think there there are things that are valid about what she says about him. There are. But I don't... Was that ever the argument? The argument was she defamed him by saying, by not actually saying Johnny Depp, 
uh, was physically abusive towards Mm -hmm. me and that she was a survivor of domestic abuse, but saying that she just was a survivor of domestic abuse and he took it as libel. But I do think she was a victim of domestic abuse and vice versa. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't think she should have been charged so heavily or I don't think it should have been like her outcome is a lot heavier than his, right? Yeah, and that's fair. Like, her outcome was a lot more dramatic, and it was a lot more serious than what he had to face. I think it's just stupid. Yeah. And then, you know, if you go to India, for instance, there's someone like Salman Khan, who literally killed someone a with a car yeah. and is is going scot-free. I think <laughs> celebrity and looks go real oh, far, okay. though. I mean, India's a different story, though. I, I think... I think I, India's system... India's is system is definitely a little... more corrupt. Yeah, than, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. But I think that kind of corruption still exists. In the U.S. In the U.S. It's just a little bit more clandestine. Yeah. There are examples. And I, for some whatever reason, I did not come prepared because I didn't think we'd be going here. But there are examples <laughs> of celebrities in America having, you know, either been in violent accidents or having, I don't know if killed anybody. I feel like there's someone who actually did. And they got away with it, too. But I don't... I, anyways, that's conjecture. Now I want to know what celebrity killed someone and got away with it. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> in, like... I'm thinking of something in, like, like a manslaughter car crash kind of thing. Oh. Like Matthew Broderick? Yes. There you but go. But it wasn't done in the U.S. Still got away with it. Yeah. Right? So what's the difference between Matthew Broderick and Salman Khan, then? I'm sure Matthew Broderick was a lot more apologetic than Salman Get out! <laughs> <laughs> These conversations are interesting, though, and I do find that as we progress as a society and our like society's bad behavior is catching up to it, essentially. Mm. I do feel like in five years, though, nobody's going to be talking about this. I don't have as much hope as you do, maybe. What do you mean? Or optimism. I think Brad Pitt, I think this is... People are talking about it now, but again, they're going to find, you know, oh my God, some yeah. sort of People are going to talk about this by the end of the year. Hmm? No. People aren't even going to talk about this. Yeah. Something else yeah. will come up, especially because I think the big thing is, and this is another thing I said to my friend, is that Will Smith did what he did in front of a million, millions of people. Mm-hmm. I have it recorded. It's yeah, on my TV. Exactly. You can't, there was no denying it. Yeah. Whereas with Brad Pitt, it, it is his word versus her. Like there's, it's conjecture. It's hearsay. Yeah. None of us saw it. So there's a lot of ways to explain it away or justify it or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But, oh, here's someone who could have gotten away with murder: Robert Wagner and Christopher Walken. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure. I'm sure. Not even like new Hollywood. A lot of old Hollywood. There must be. There must be examples of it. Um, apparently, Lana Turner murdered one of her husbands because yeah. he was uh, attacking her daughter. Yeah. Yeah, I heard that. All these interesting stories. But speaking of interesting stories, maybe, maybe not. Mita, what did we watch this week? This week, <laughs> the. I watched the new Hulk series, oh, She-Hulk. That's not what I was going for. But talk about She-Hulk before we get into our movie. Oh. <laughs> There's a lag. <laughs> talk about She-Hulk quickly and then we'll move on. I watched She-Hulk and the bear. The bear is okay. better than She-Hulk. But She-Hulk, it was fun. I actually really liked that first episode. I think it's going to be a cute show. It's a little juvenile, but I'll stick around just because. Yeah. But I also watched, so Disney Plus in Canada is lame and won't upload like an entire season of something, even though the entire season has happened. It's available. So yeah. I've, yeah, I've watched the first four episodes of The Bear. Have you heard of The Bear? I've heard of The Bear, but I have not watched it myself. 
The bear is about the culinary world. Okay. And it's about a guy who like worked in one of the top Michelin star restaurants. Oh, right. In the world. I'm just looking it up on IMDb. Yeah. Yeah. And now he's his sibling died, and he had mm-hmm. to take over like the, uh, the family business that they had, mm-hmm. which is just like a uh, an Italian deli shop, like a sandwich shop that they have in Chicago, and it is so it's it's delightful. Which just seems like too precious of a word for it because it's not precious whatsoever. Okay. Like it's kind of gritty, but it's also just very unassuming. And like usually things about the food world are really like pretentious and like very delicate. But this is so like dirty and raw. And like I feel like what it would be like to work in like that kind of a kitchen. Especially Um, because everyone who works in a kitchen says it's disgusting. Like, yeah. <laughs> like not just physically the cleanliness, but like it's a vulgar environment. It's disgusting, and yeah. this is it. This isn't disgusting because there is still some charm to it, but it ha- reminds me a little bit of like Abbott Elementary in some aspects too. Oh, okay. But I, I'm really enjoying it, and so I think you should watch it too. So that's why I put it on. I there. will. It's, I've been looking for something to casually watch, so maybe that'll be it. The bear. The bear. Okay. But speaking of things we watched this week, Mita. Yes, Naveen. <laughs> what did we watch? This week, we watched the uh, Academy Award winning film, How Green Was My Valley? Hmm, how green was it? Is that the question we're going to get to at the end? I think so. Okay. I picked a shade. Did you pick a shade of green? <laughs> I, I did not pick a shade. But I'll tell okay, you, green is my favorite color, so I can give us a, I'll tell you if, if it was that color or not. Okay, there you go. Why don't you start with telling us a little bit about how green was there my valley? Go. I'm going to give us a quick IMDb discro of, say it one more time, how green was my valley? Here's my how first thing. How green was it? Is it a question or a statement? I think it's a statement. Yeah, I think it's a statement too, but it feels like a question. Hmm. Here we go from IMDb, how green was my valley? At the turn of the century in a Welsh mining village, the Morgans... He stern, she gentle, raise coal-mining sons and hope their youngest youngest will find a better life. That's yeah. about right. Uh-huh. That's about right, yeah. <laughs> so coming off of two notable films. Yes. Gone with the Wind and Rebecca. Mm-hmm. Two films we both really liked. Now moving into a movie I had heard about but knew z- literally zero about otherwise. Mm-hmm. Other than the fact that it beats Citizen Kane at Best Picture. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about how green was my valley. Mm-hmm. Okay, give me your opinions, Mita. What is there to talk about <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to how green was my valley? I didn't... I actually had low expectations because what we had just come off of. I was like, it's too good to have three in a row yeah. be really solid. Like coming from Gone with the Wind and then Rebecca, it would just be too much to have something else that I really, really loved. Mm-hmm. And so my expectations were actually met <laughs> yeah. with this film because I I could not get into it. Like not It was hard bit. to get into. Yeah. It's so hard. It's it's also narrate like there's a narrator in mm-hmm. this film and the narration is so bland. It felt like watching a school play. Like it felt like a student had written this play essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was like all of their hard work put to fruition. 
And parts of it, though, I, I kind of was like, oh, is this like what Kenneth Branagh used for like inspiration for Belfast? Because yeah. it has that same kind of quality of like, let's look at my life from my childhood and see what it was like. But there's no charm in this like whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And everything was just very like blah. Yeah, it's definitely a lot more of a somber film. Yeah. It's not it's not flashy. It's not flashy in terms of like not even production value, but even in terms of story, it's not it's not anything to marvel at. I didn't dislike it, but I was definitely not engulfed in it. Mm-hmm. Like it was really it was a real hard movie to get into, and I found the movie kept you at arm's length. Like, it's not a movie that kind of, like, takes you in or, like, brings you into its world and invites you in. It's not a very inviting film, which is ironic because I actually think that's the intention of it. Like, it's meant to be a little bit more like, come see my life Mm -hmm. and come, like, watch who I am and come see where I've been and come experience my life. Like, it's meant to actually be that way, but I find it very, very, it really kept you away there's a lot of opportunity there too because it is about a boy who like comes from a family yeah. and even that like you there's nothing intriguing about like the surrounding characters or even the boy himself like he yeah. wasn't you know like when they have little kids in movies you have them do some cute little one-liners or something like that to like kind of gain your attention or even like learning about his sister and his sister is in love with you know the priest that is there yeah. There, that wasn't even intriguing to me whatsoever. Or even this mother and father who kind of are two parallels of each other. Like, there's nothing that's really spellbinding. I mean, th- I would say that there are a couple of things that felt ahead of its time. Mm-hmm. I think there are movies where, for instance, there's a moment quite late in the movie where they're at church and they call upon this woman who's had a child at a wedlock. And they're essentially trying to banish her. Yeah. And this boy's sister is called like is saying like you guys are hypocrites and like leaves the church to be like this isn't what this isn't what Jesus is about yeah. and that actually felt very refreshing to see so this movie is from 1940 i think and yeah. that definitely does not that definitely feels ahead of its time 1941 yeah uh, yeah and i can see that but at the same time like it just everything kind of just passes you by and this is this is absolutely what I would say. Like, it is a movie that kind of passes you by. The way life kind of passes you by, though. But why would I want to watch a movie about yeah, that? Yeah, and that's very fair. Because, like, life is passing me by right now. And yeah. I'm just like, oh, let's get over it. <laughs> <laughs> For the record, Mita's tired and in a dark place today. So do you think that actually informed your opinion? It could have. It could have. I don't feel like it did. Like, I wasn't in a dark place and I was decided to start it yeah but i also like i had a hard time paying attention to it like i wanted to reach for my phone a lot and i wanted to change the channel and watch something a little bit more entertaining like it just wasn't it wasn't entertaining especially coming off something like rebecca where there's such a thrill there and there's such like an intrigue and mystery Uh and so it was Even though I had the low expectations, it was surprising to see something that's so lackluster come across the screens, especially because last year we did watch Sizzling Kane. Yeah. And though we, you know, we agreed that maybe it wasn't quite the hype movie that everybody seems Uh to think that it is, it still was in comparison more interesting than this. That's your opinion? Yes. Because you didn't love Citizen Kane either. I didn't love it, but I can tell you 
points of Scissor and Kane and I can recall them and I can yeah. tell you more about the story and why I would like it. Whereas this, I'm just like, oh, it's just like a, a Welsh boy's life. <laughs> like, Yeah. And it's not fun like Belfast. So since you've brought it up, why do you think this beat out something like Citizen Kane? And forget the forget the future of Citizen Kane and what it became. Because at mm-hmm. the time, that was not the case, right? It was just a movie that released. And then this movie and that movie came out at the same time. This one, Best Picture, but then Citizen Kane ended up being what it is. So what do you think about this versus that was? I honestly can't. I don't understand it. Yeah. Like, I don't understand the Academy's thought process. And I'm curious if we can find out, like, how much did it beat it by? Mm, you'll never know. They never release, like, stats. But also, Scissor and Kane, it wasn't, it wasn't like, great in the box office, right? Am I re- remembering that? Yeah, one? I don't think it did very well. Like, box office, even critics at the time. I think it was a bit of a misunderstood film. Mm-hmm. At the time, especially. Which is interesting, though, because Rebecca just won the year before. Yeah. And if you think about it, like, that should be misunderstood. But Rebecca's also, it has surface quality, right? It's entertaining. Without being anything else, it is a flat-out, well-made film. And I think that's hard to deny. Like, when you look at Rebecca and you watch Rebecca and you experience Rebecca, Mm -hmm. you can't be like, this is a bad film. I wouldn't say this is a bad film either. Like, I think it's well-made. You know, the cinematography in this is really... It's well done. The acting is not terrible. It's just not, there's nothing there. It's really unseasoned. And maybe that's because I'm watching The Bear and I'm thinking about food stuff all the time. But like, it needs some salt and pepper. So what if you had watched this before Gone with the Wind? I still think it would need salt and pepper. You don't You don't think those things are kind of changing how you feel about it? Like how good those are? Well, how Gone because with I've the Wind... Because I've watched good movies before Gone no, with the Wind. No, but that's not it. That's not it. It's... <laughs> Some people hadn't. Some people hadn't seen a good movie until Gone with the Wind. (laughs) But all these Oscar movies that we had been watching up until Gone with the Wind had a bit of a tone to them, right? And save for something like It Happened One Night, you know, it was was actually, we had a smaller percentage of movies we liked versus movies that we were like, what was this? How do you think this would have fared I just don't see, like, the stakes in this movie either. I get we're getting, like, an introspective into, like, someone's life and what it was like for them growing up. But I also, I don't, there was nothing there that, like, there's no plot points where I was really compelled to know what what was going to happen next. Do you think, I'm asking a lot of questions here. Do you think it was the war? Like, oh, the real war? The fact that we're we're in a World War II right now when Mm -hmm. this comes out. And this is, for all intents and purposes, there's something very homely about it. It's something very, there is, it might not be as warm or as charming as Belfast, which came out 80 years later, but there is something very comforting about it. Wouldn't you want an escape? Isn't that what this is, though? Is it an escape or is it just a reminder of what like the day-to-day looks like? But the day-to-day before a war. But it's so mundane. But that's life. I'm not going to watch that. And the difference is, is that Maybe during a war, you are pining for the mundane because you're not living it. Mm. I don't know. I don't agree with them. <laughs> no, well, clearly not. But I'm, <laughs> I'm just trying to find some you're rationale. Find there. Yeah. But then you also have something like Suspicion that's nominated. I've never heard of Suspicion. Oh. What is Suspicion? 
You don't know Suspicion? I don't know. With Cary Grant Grant and and Joan Joan Fontaine. Fontaine. Directed by one Alfred Hitchcock. Oh, I didn't realize that. Okay. I did not. I've never seen this. You should add that to the list. Of things for me to see? Yeah. Okay. I'll watch it with you. Okay. (laughs) There we go. Actually, I'm just reading this. And isn't the Maltese fa- Falcon? <laughs> the Maltese Falcon. The Maltese Falcon is good, yeah. Maltese Falcon. <laughs> <laughs> That's the same year too, right? Yeah. Yeah. You it also was options. nominated, I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'll get to, yeah. So there are options, but How Green Minds My Valley was the one that uh, the, the folks liked. I demand a recount. <laughs> I don't think that's what it was. But this is also a win that has stumped people. Over the Citizen Kane one. And I think that is more than even the movie. That's the that's the conversation here. Yes. It's a conversation that's really hard to kind of grasp, though, because I, or at least on my end of things, I can't understand, like, even if it was the war, I still feel like Citizen Kane is the top runner there. But I guess, so to speak, I want to look at like box office numbers from that time because maybe this just was more popular and that more people saw it. So you tell me, Mita, why do you think this won? I already told you I don't know. <laughs> but if you had to if you had to fair guess. I think the only thing that makes sense is what you were saying of it being sort of this like reminder of home and it not being as depressing as going through wartime. So not, you know, seeing bombs surrounding you and not having to live through that, especially in the U.S. because they didn't have most of that in World War One. So this mm-hmm. is really like the first time for them experiencing what that is like. Yeah. They didn't get in World War One until the very end. And so I think, I guess that's an attraction. People would want to go see something that's a little bit more simpler and something that is friendlier to them. Maybe they also... Who's the director of this? Oh, Robert, I don't even remember Something Ford. Yeah. John Ford. John Ford. Yeah. Maybe they're familiar with John Ford and they want to, you know, see what he's been up to. But um, I don't know. It's such a strange... It's, it's hard to put yourself in the perspective of people you don't know or you haven't even had the chance to talk to. Because I don't know anyone alive now that was yeah. around this time. Why do you think... You know, it's like you're saying, look, we can't, we don't know and we'll never know. So all of it is suspicion. Mm-hmm. I think the war does, I think the war is playing a role in all of these. Because Rebecca also came out during the war. Gone with the Wind came out at the beginning of the war. All of these movies are during the, I mean, there was a World War before, but World War II is arguably the, like, the big one. Mm-hmm. It's the big one that the world has known up until this point. And... There's something about these films and that time that is causing them to win. But we still continue to have winners like this in our time now, right? Like if you look at something like Coda, why did Coda win over The Power of the Dog? That's the game that was played. I th- and no, I, guess I don't think the game. For a I don't, lot of people. Yeah, I think we were still in a pandemic. I think Coda was warm. At the end of the day, I think that's the only thing. The Power of the Dog is a cold film. Did you say The Power of the Dog is a bold film? Cold or film. Cold, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess that's fair. I was just looking up box office at that time. Mm-hmm. And in the it lists the top 10 grossing films. So Citizen Kane is not even in the top 10 grossing yeah. films of 1941. How Green Was My Valley was number four. Mm. And it, for domestic rentals, made $2.4 million. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah. 
But the number one film was something called Sergeant York. And it made six million. Which was nominated for Best Picture. There you go. Box office plays some role. It does. Mm-hmm. Not as big of a role. And again, I think the thing is, Mita, you're looking at stats that weren't important then, if I'm being honest. But aren't, well, like, because the, how would the, the Academy needs to see these movies? Were they doing things like screeners back then? Like, I don't know. I'm sure they were actually. I don't think you're sending screeners out, but I think you're holding things like Academy screenings. Okay. You're renting out a theater and you're saying, hey, if you're an Academy member, you can come see How Green Was My Valley at seven o'clock on Thursday. Interesting. Did you you didn't watch um, Feud Betty? I did not Joan watch Betty. Feud Betty, Joan and Betty. I should probably wait to tell you that like this tidbit. No, tell me. I'm never going to watch it. Okay. Um, so in that year, I think they allude to the screeners being done and whatnot. But basically, like Joan Crawford, because she wasn't nominated, she went around and convinced everybody to like um, vote for, oh, who won that year? Who is Mel Brooks's wife? Anne Bancroft. She convinced everybody to, like, vote for Anne Bancroft, and then she went around and then convinced the two top leading nominees to let her accept the award on her behalf, on their behalfs, because they weren't interested in going to the Academy Awards. And then Anne Bancroft won, and so Joan Crawford picked up the award that Betty Davis could have also won. Yeah. And it's just, sorry, I just thought, like, that. I don't know how that's relevant to this conversation. The the idea of like the campaigning, though, it was still relevant even then, right? So I'm sure there was some of that in the 40s. I just don't know what it looks like in war times. Yeah, what what time period is Betty and Joan? What year is what? Whatever happened to Baby Jane? Oh God, that's later on, I think. 60s. Yeah, I feel like it's quite a bit later. Yeah, but Joan Crawford is of this of this time. Where do you think she learned that? She was a shrewd businesswoman and kind of a bitch. Yeah. Maybe she's the one who created the campaigning. She probably did. I wouldn't Way be surprised. Way to go, Joan. Yeah. <laughs> Way to go, Joan. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know if there was campaigning at this point, if I'm being honest. I feel like I these wins are a little bit more unadulterated. They feel... I think there was campaigning, but not in the way that we know it today. There isn't obviously like Vanity Fair roundtables and like, or Hollywood Reporter ones or whatnot. Yeah. And there isn't like all these luncheons that they go to. And like, yeah, give... and, and the talk show circuit and like all of that. But I'm sure there's something amongst those Academy members. Maybe. This is a bit of a perplexing like win, though, especially up against something like Citizen Kane. And I think the interesting thing is this is the first movie of all of the movies that we've reviewed where we have a comparison. We finally have something on the list that we've seen. <laughs> Whereas, fine, when Gone with the Wind won, uh, The Wizard of Oz is on that list. But... We understand why Gone with the Wind. Yeah. Yeah. This is a bit more perplexing. We're finally like, hey, how did this movie win? Especially when there is this, what is regarded as one of the greatest movies of all time. Mm -hmm. How did that happen? And I was hoping when I watched it that I would be able to understand it a bit better. Yeah. And I will say that Citizen Kane is, it was definitely ahead of its time in terms of Fine production, but also storytelling and how, like, it reveals information. It is more cerebral a film. So it definitely takes a little bit more to get into. And this is easy. This is an easy watch. This doesn't take much to, like, understand. This doesn't take much to get into. You kind of just find your way into it. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's the other thing. Maybe that's why this one, because it was just easier to watch. And that has never stopped, right? Like, that has never stopped. The King's Speech beat out The Social Network. 
Green Book won over something like I think what 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 would it have been that year? Was it Roma that year? That's 2018, yeah. Yeah. Coda beat out something like The Power of the Dog. But then you do have years where something like Nomadland somehow wins. It's odd. It's odd, right? And there's no there's consistency. There's no guarantee. Yeah, there's world. no guarantee. There's no consistency and there's no guarantee. I kind of hate it. <laughs> I mean, that's what gives it its spontaneity, right? I do think that, like, I guess, I guess you're right. Because there are years where, like, the Academy Awards feel so predictable and like you know who's gonna win yeah. every category and so when you do have those moments of like wait like when you have a moment like crash beating brokeback mountain Ugh. it creates this like this moment in pop culture and so maybe we just needed this moment in the universe the universe was like hey let's put everyone's hats i mean on moonlight the beating la la land um i get that though i want to clarify and obviously we will be talking about this next year or that even might be the like the year after. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, it's a long one. So I could talk about this now because we'll probably forget about this conversation. Moonlight is an excellent film. I love Moonlight. I don't love it as much as La La Land because I have a, a visceral connection to La La Land. But Moonlight is great. But Moonlight is hella depressing. Mm-hmm. It is a it is a tough watch. And La La Land, despite the ending, is still lighter fare. So why do you? Does it make sense that something like that one then? At that time, I need to rewatch both of them. And yeah. when we get there in of course. 2024, I will watch both of yeah. them. But at that time, I saw La La Land like pretty much after like all this hype had been going oh, yeah. on for it. So at the time, I wasn't wasn't interested and I couldn't appreciate it for what it was because I kind of was like disappointed at the time with yeah. it. And I was so moved by Moonlight. I cried <laughs> watching Moonlight. And I was just like, yes, that is a moving film and, like, is one of the best pictures of the year. And yeah. so it's, like, totally deserving of it. I wouldn't say one is more deserving than the other. I think I need to see them again to yeah. kind of get that feel. But again, in 2019, when Green Book won, I've just found the nominees. Yeah. You had A Star is Born, Black Panther, <laughs> Roma, Bohemian Rhapsody, Vice. What an eclectic mix. Black Klansman, yeah. which I, I think should be up there. And The Favorite. Yeah. For me, it's between Roma and The Favorite. If I'm looking at those three, I would pick The Favorite. I love Roma. I think Roma's really misunderstood as a film, especially because it's one of those life-passing-you-by movies. Mm-hmm. But it's just beautiful. It's a beautifully made film. Well, we'll see that in 2024. We'll yeah, long it. ways to go. Yeah. I think what's happening in the world plays a bigger role than we think. And the fact is, even if we don't look at old movies, even if we look at new movies, it it's why you have something like Green Book win against something like The Favorite or Roma. And then a few years later, you have something like Nomadland win. Yeah. It's fascinating to me to have something like Green Book win, a movie that is about racism. And mm. in the same category, you have Black Klansman, which is the better made film about, about racism. racism. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, Green Book is actually quite low on that list if you were to rank them. Yeah. But... Like, it's it's a fun family film, actually. Like, if you're family... Sure, yeah. I watch it. But it is, it's not what it wants to be. No, it's also not as important as it wants to be. No. Sorry, but Mahersha. that is an example of campaigning in politics. Yeah. And TIFF, baby. TIFF and the better Oscar story. And the danger with TIFF is that that award is chosen by the public. And like, I lived in Toronto 
and like it's not just like movie people that go and see tiff movies it's toronto people and yeah. toronto people be sus like yeah. it can be it's a it's, it's a, a wild group bag. out there yeah it's the wild <laughs> myself best. included it's a wild group out there did you have any sequel prequel ideas for this um, I kind of want to know, like, what else? Where is he going? What's he up to? Yeah. Like, what's going to happen with his life? But also, no, at the same time. Yeah. I think that's really my only driving force. I found it really hard to sit through this one. Okay. Yeah. More what than others? The three um, hours that was the great Ziegfeld? It's a long movie, Mita, <laughs> where nothing actually happens. Uh, I fast forwarded through that, like, song and dance. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. That was literally, it was 40 minutes long. The songs and dances. The songs and dance and the great Zeke failed. No, this was bearable because it's only two hours. So like it's manageable and I split it up into two parts. But it just, I I don't, there's nothing really there for me. There was nothing that grabbed my attention. So I wasn't really thinking, like there's nothing about this world, so to speak, that I was just like, I want to know more. But I could also say the same thing with like boyhood. Boyhood was just like yeah. satisfactor satisfying, right? So like I got what I needed. I don't need any sequel prequel. Yeah, it's not necessarily a bad thing that you don't want to see more of that world. Yeah. Yeah. If this was in color, would it have made a difference? I don't think so. Okay. I think the one interesting thing I did take away from this was when the brothers decide to move to America. If you think about what that probably meant for people in the 40s, I'm going to move to America. Oh, I'm never going to see you again. Did you not feel that gravity? Yeah. I don't think it moved me in the same It didn't way. move me. I won't say it was. I wasn't moved by this. I will I will say that. That I is wasn't hard, like, yeah. I wasn't moved by this. And a movie about Irish people immigrating to America that did move me, Brooklyn. Yes. Right? I always find Brooklyn very moving because it encaptures that, I think, a little bit better. But... It, that's also modern storytelling. Or Irish people moving to Australia. Wait, it's not Australia. Where are they moving in Belfast? I forgot. I think it's... Is it Canada? Do they want... No, they don't want to go to Canada. I think in real life, Kenneth Branagh's family moved to Australia. Is that what it was? I don't yeah. think they actually mention. They might. No, I only saw Belfast the once. Specifically? <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. But Who yeah. Knows? I'm going to go into my rating. Okay. Go for it. I definitely like this more than Mita. <laughs> I did not dislike this. I watched it. I was definitely removed from it, though. I wasn't engulfed in it the same way I've been engulfed in movies like Rebecca or It Happened One Night. Sorry. This definitely kept me at arm's at arm's length. And I, I enjoyed it and I watched it. And I think one of the big questions I had while I was watching it was, okay, how did this beat Citizen Kane? And I still can't figure that out because... Citizen Kane deserves Best Picture, not this. I think this is a nice movie, and I can even understand it being nominated. I can get that. I can get the appeal of it. I can get how people connected to it. But Citizen Kane is... And I'm really trying to remove the accolades that have since been bestowed upon Citizen Kane, really trying to look at it just as a film. And Citizen Kane, even from just a technical standpoint, is amazing. There are some shots and some looks and some frames that you could like, I have honestly considered framing them because they're beautifully shot scenes. I also think the mystery behind Citizen Kane was more intriguing. And the fact that Rosebud is just the sled leaves a lot of questions. Like it's a very interesting Spoiler film. Spoiler alert, 
Everyone knows this. Everyone knows this. I think there's just more intrigue around something like Citizen Kane. I all end to end just feels like a stronger film. This is nice. It is nice. And I think that's really why it won because I think at the time this probably made people feel good. I think it made people feel warm. I think it reminded them of home and of a better time when you weren't at war. And I'm sure that's the, the reason this won. Would I watch this again? No. Because it is kind of just, I've seen it. I saw how green the valley was. I'm happy for you, man. But I don't think I would invest the time to watch this again. And especially because there's so many movies to see. If I'm watching something again, I just got to love it. And I didn't love this. I thought it was nice. And for all of those reasons, this is getting two and a half stars. Two and a half. Alrighty. My question to you, Nadim. Mm -hmm. How green was your valley? I'd say it was kind of like a Kelly green. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Ideally, it's an emerald green. Oh, okay. That's what the what we're aiming for. Yeah. Okay. Citizen Kane was the emerald green. Oh. Yeah. There you go. And how green was your valley? I'll start with my color. Okay. <laughs> my color is more of like a moss green, if you will, like Get. a swamp green. Mm-hmm. Like maybe unwatered grass green okay. after some time. I feel like the grass grew. With, yeah. I'm trying to make an analogy here. And yeah. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. I'm going to go back to like food analogies. Okay. <laughs> this was just like a piece of gluten-free toast. Like you need. Not even just gluten-free too. Like straight there. <laughs> yeah. There was nothing in this that was like so exciting for me. And I think the thing that bugs me the most is that there's definitely opportunity here for like a really interesting and compelling story because it's a perspective of one person's life. Mm -hmm. But even just starting with the narration, the dialogue in that is just so bland. and They don't even use adjectives. Like (laughs) everything just was. Just is. Yeah. And to me, that just says like your life isn't exciting. Why are you narrating? this film or this this time uh-huh. there weren't really any stakes in this there wasn't anything that i was like striving to understand or or anybody i was rooting for the story just was and i can't see why that makes a compelling film uh-huh. unless there is that like je ne sais quoi quality about uh-huh. it and i just didn't find it in this movie whatsoever okay. and then if you're looking at it from like, was this the best film of mm-hmm. 1941? Well, no, because we have watched things like Citizen Kane. I've seen Suspicion and it's a better film. And I've seen, and I haven't seen The Maltese Falcon, but from what I can understand, it is be- it's, a it. it's a better film. Yeah, it's a better film. There yeah. you go. You had it right here, folks. First one to tell you, <laughs> Nadim says The Maltese Falcon is a better film than How Green Was My Valley. Yeah. And I just, even though I get, it was wartime and maybe pe- audiences were looking for something different. I don't know if the Academy is always... In this year, I can see maybe the Academy was on the same page as like audiences. Mm-hmm. But looking at it retrospectively, I don't know if the Academy... The Academy never has it right, in my opinion. <laughs> never has it right? Or rare, sorry, rarely has it right so far. Interesting. Because if you look, look this this is number what for us? This Four, is the 13 or 14th? Yeah, and I can only list three or four that I really think. Yeah. Four or five. Yeah, I can only list a handful. 
A handful. Of what I think less than half. are the best. Yeah. Less than half of the films out there. And so I think it'll be really interesting to kind of, I think, we're, oh, a new spreadsheet idea. Mm. <laughs> because at the end of this, we're saying, do we think this deserves the Academy Award? We start a pr- spreadsheet of the ones that we think did and the ones that we yeah, think didn't. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. Okay. New spreadsheet, guys. I'm so okay, excited. Because this really does land in the I don't think it does category. Yeah. And outside of that, I just don't find it to be, like, really great film. Like, mm-hmm. I think direction-wise, it's nice. It's not terrible acting, and it's nice to look at. But it just is. And it's not – it's it's very simplistic, but it's not the kind of simplicity that I think warrants an Academy Award. Mm. Like, there are some – like, Rebecca can be really simple at times and subtle mm-hmm. and, like, that's the challenge in Rebecca because you have such a wild storyline. Whereas like this is simple and subtle mm-hmm. and it is because like there's really nothing else to it. Like why would this be anything but those things when you look at the dialogue on the page? Mm-hmm. And so I can't, I can't appreciate the good in this movie just because I feel like there is so much blah in it. Mm. Okay. So it's very under for me. I'm going to leave it with... One and a half. Wow, that's really low, Mita. I really could not. It's my rating. Of course. I'm just surprised <laughs> it's that low. I really just like, I could not get into this whatsoever. I don't see the appeal. Mm. Even like when I was telling my dad about it, he's like, who's in it? And I was like, I don't know, a bunch of dead people. <laughs> like, I really yeah. was not into this whatsoever. Yeah. Okay. That's your opinion. Mm-hmm. Is this your lowest rating? No, Cavalcade. One star for Cavalcade. Are we saying that right? Cavalcade? Cavalcade. Like we said, Simran. <laughs> Simran and Cavalcade. Okay. Cavalcade is my lowest. Well, that was how green was my value. I was looking forward to watching it because, again, of the history. There's a, there's an episode of Frasier where he talks about it. So I've, I'd heard about this movie a few times over the years, and especially the comparison to Citizen Kane. So I'm, I'm glad that I was forced to watch it because I don't think I could have sat here of my own volition and watched it. Like, I think I would have given up. Did Niles like it? He's not a part of the storyline. How? What? Niles is Frasier. No. Niles is the best part of Frasier. Sometimes. Niles got annoying sometimes. Niles and Daphne. Daphne. I did and enjoy Ross. Daphne. But yes, that was How Green Was My Valley. And before mm-hmm. we get to our next film, we got a game, Mita. <gasps> we do. So last week you asked me to connect The Exorcist to Love Actually. Now, Mita, Love Actually has a lot of people in it. Yeah. A lot of lot of places to choose from. So I am going yeah. to kind of reclaim that space. And I'm okay. going to ask you to connect Love Actually to The Shallows in Blake Lively. Okay. So I have to connect. Okay. And your timer starts now. Like, there's the thing about Blake Lively. Like, she's not in very many <laughs> she's things. She's not in very many things, yeah. She's mainly a personality. <laughs> um, and she's married to Ryan Reynolds. That's kind of her claim to fame. Yeah. Okay. Blake Lively is in that movie with, I think it's Jude Law. It's the rhythm section. Is he in that? You might need to check that. I think he is in the rhythm section. Okay. And Let how me just can check. I connect Jude Law with anybody? Are we? Am I waiting? Oh, Mita, he's not in this. Oh, okay. Oh, he is. He is. He is. He is. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Oh, love. Actually, okay. Now I have to think of forty-five seconds. Why am I blanking? Okay. Oh no, she's not in that. Oh no. 
That's a minute. I'll give you 30 <laughs> more seconds. Why am I blanking on Jude Law movies? All I can think of is The Holiday. And I'm having a <laughs> Jude Law is so much more than The Holiday. I know. That's all I can think of right now. And Captain Marvel. <laughs> and Mr. Ripley. Yeah. Um, there's more. There's more Jude Law for you. <laughs> there's a little bit more in his filmography. Can I just give up? That's a minute 30. <laughs> yeah, I'm giving up. I'm throwing in the towel. You're throwing in the towel. I'm not There's well. also Closer. Oh, wait. No, none of those people are in love, actually. No, they're not. There's also <laughs> the Grand Budapest Hotel. It's too much work for me. Too, that's too many people. Yeah. Okay, wait. I'm stuck on Alan Rickman and Emma Thompson because we were there now. Well, you could also just do that Keira Knightley was directed by Joe Wright in Pride and Prejudice, who directed Saoirse Ronan in Hannah who is in the Grand Budapest Hotel with, Jude this Law. is a long way, Jude Law. That's a long-winded way Law to do the, it. And I'm I sure there's, like there's a shorter way. I feel like there's a more way. Yeah. streamlined way to do it. I'm sure Especially because all of the, I, I'm sure Keira Knightley, yeah. Keira Knightley, I was trying to, and I couldn't. Isn't Jude Law in Anna Karenina? Oh, yes, he is. <laughs> yeah, okay. So People, They're married. I was like, they're definitely in something together. Do, okay, Keira Knightley is in Love Actually yeah, yeah, with Jude Law and Anna Karenina, and Jude Law is in The Shallows with Blake Lively. Or in the rhythm, in the rhythm section, section with Blake with Lively, Lively, who's in, in the, the shallows. shallows. Well, next week I'm going to have to connect something to Blake Lively, so. To The shallow or to, oh, to Blake Lively. Yeah. No, you said The Shallows. So yes. you have to connect, oh, but you have to figure out, okay. Because sorry. Blake Lively or The Shark, there's two options. <laughs> Mita's had a long day, guys. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to sign off quickly, but Mita, what are we watching next week? We're watching Mrs. Miniver. <laughs> Another movie I know nothing about. Same. But Mita's going to come over to my house and watch it here. Yeah. Because we have it on DVD. Yeah. Exactly. Slumber party. Slumber party. Or I'm not sleeping at your house. I only sleep in my own bed. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I kind of don't want you here. Once you reach a certain age, guys, you stop sleeping just, over at the people's Just drive place. home. Yeah. <laughs> do you have any parting words? I do, Nadim. God save our queen. Sure. Uh... <laughs> she's okay i guess thank you so much for listening friends please like subscribe share and rate and review and we will see you next week for mrs minova bye bye thanks for listening to movies to watch before the end of the world sponsored by no one you can follow us on instagram at movies to watch pod on twitter at movies the number two watch pod on the TikTok at Movies to Watch Pod, or send us an email at Movies to Watch Pod at gmail.com. As always, keep your pants on and don't forget to smell the Kevin Bacon. <laughs> <laughs>